Welcome back to Emmaism, a philosophy podcast for students of philosophy, because that really is what we all are, seekers of knowledge. Happy Friday, guys, and happy new year. I took a month off, um, but no worries any longer, because I will be back on Fridays, not Thursdays. So Friday will be the new weekly release date for 2022. So for today, I'm going to keep on with the theme of philosophy of science to round out season four. I'm not too sure if I will be taking any more philosophy of science courses because I'm a moral philosophy um, concentration, but, um, you know, why not talk about it while it's fresh in my mind, right? So for my final paper for my philosophy of science course, I wrote about Boyd's scientific realism. Dr. Richard Boyd wrote a publication called On the Current Status of the Issue of Scientific Realism, where he dives deeper into the concept of scientific realism and why it's a good conception of the aims of science. An important topic for many philosophers of science, they discuss um, the aims in sci- of science and how the instrumental reliability of the scientific method is explained by acceptance of certain aims or um, a certain like singular aim of science. But um, for this essay, I argued that Boyd's scientific realism is the best explanation for the instrumental reliability of the scientific method in mature and empirically successful science. So through that, I have this whole argument, which is, you know, what you're going to learn about during this podcast today. But society could not progress but for the cumulative innovations of science in the pursuit of truth. Cumulative discoveries and theory confirmations lead society closer to the truth. The argument I just put forth, you know, of Boyd's scientific realism as the best explanation for that um, is an iteration of the miracle argument that's often presented as a support for realism. If you're interested in the miracle argument, I suggest that you search up on um, Stanford's Encyclopedia of Philosophy, um, miracle argument, and that'll pop up. But you'll see how it is. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I argue for my argument with an argument reconstruction done in modus ponens, and I'll restate it now. Premise one, if science has two aims, epistemological, that is providing methods to establish accurate predictions, and metaphysical, positing an ontology of scientifically useful concepts, then Boyd's scientific realism is the best explanation for the instrumental reliability of the scientific method in mature and empirically successful science. Premise two, science indeed does have two aims, an epistemological and a metaphysical one. So we get the conclusion, Boyd's scientific realism is the best explanation for the instrumental reliability of the scientific method in mature and empirically successful science. My argument is defended in four main and distinct parts. In the first part, I overview the aspects of Boyd's scientific realism that relate to why I believe it's the best explanation of the instrumental reliability of the scientific method. Then, I'm going to defend my premises of the argument, those which were in my modus ponens reconstruction, with a further argument reconstruction and a discussion of the role of the scientific method in modern cosmology. Following that, I'm going to consider an objection from anti-realists and a reply from Boyd's hypothetical supporters. Finally, I'm going to end with concluding remarks. So, this is the first part. To evaluate whether Boyd's scientific realism is the best explanation for the instrumental reliability of the scientific method, a brief summary of his realism kind of must be prefaced. You know, how are you going to explore this thing if you don't know what it's about? 
But Boyd's scientific realism was developed as a response to Duhem concerning the aim of physical theories. Duhem considers the aim of physical theories with his writing. Um, he believes that a physical theory is not an explanation. Moreover, he believes that a true theory is one made up of propositions that agree with experimental laws. Interesting, Duhem. But Boyd's aim in developing his scientific realism was to explain the extent to which the practice of the scientific method is conducive to the acceptance of the instrumental reliability of theories. Thus, the explanation for the extent of the empirical adequacy of the scientific method is the core of his scientific realism. So, unlike Duhem, it's an explanation. Um, so, <laughs> though, um, the supported ontological aims of science stretch beyond the merely empirically adequate theories, which is something that Boyd really stresses with his thing. It's like an ontological aim is that which is metaphysical. Um, it's kind of what I'm getting at here. But Boyd's scientific realism claims four major theses about science. First, the terms of the theories must be in mature language that describe other empirically successful scientific theories. Secondly, scientific theories are like they must be confirmable and considered approximately true by ordinary evidence. Um, the third thesis is that as time progresses, the scientific method produces new and mature scientific theories that approach truth, like more and more, even now more exact. Um, and finally, the last thesis is that um, the theories advanced really represent objective reality, one that's independent of one's own thoughts or theoretical commitments. Um, so... I reflect on the four main tenets of Boyd's scientific realism, and I apply those, those to the explanatory properties of the scientific method. I believe that the progress of empirically successful science rests on the standard nature of the scientific method to provide roots of explaining epistemological and metaphysical questions about scientifically relevant phenomena. In creating theories that explain the truth of the world, scientists rely on the instrumental reliability of the scientific method, so that reliability is best explained by Boyd's scientific realism. So, section two um, presents the defense of each premise with a specific reconstruction in support of premise two. Now, if you don't remember what premise two was, no worries. Premise two is that science has two aims, that which is epistemological, proving methods to establish accurate predictions, and metaphysical, positing an ontology of scientifically useful concepts. So, no worries. The support of that um, premise is as follows, also constructed in modus ponens. So, premise three. If a scientific method provides a good explanation of phenomena of scientific interest, then it follows that science has epistemic and ontological aims. Premise four. A scientific method indeed provides a good explanation of phenomena of scientific interest, so we conclude that it follows that science has an epistemic and ontological aim. Boyd's scientific realism is supported by the various successes that result from the explanatory properties of successful scientific theories. In defending premise two, I'm concerned with how to justify that science indeed has both metaphysical and epistemological aims. The epistemological case is simpler to defend. It answers the question of how science finds out how phenomena occur. The epistemological aim of science explores observables and their causation. Um, it answers the why. Um, now, 
the metaphysical aim of science is more complex to defend. This is the one that's a little bit up in the air for these you know, anti-realists. It concerns the question of what must be existing in order to explain the phenomena that occur. The justification for the metaphysical aim follows from a similar deductive approach as the miracle argument, that which I mentioned earlier. Um, the best scientific theories have incredibly powerful predictive powers. Because they're so successful, realists believe that they must be true. For these theories to be true, I argue, or the metaphysical argument, is that they must have an ontological grounding. This is the miracle argument because it doesn't make the success of science a miracle. So, premise three, that science has two aims, must be justified since the extent to which the best scientific theories are so accurate is best explained by realist, um, which is the acceptance of the metaphysical aim of science sentiment. Now, the way in which scientific theories are incredibly accurate suggests that their foundations are ontological. Um, as a scientific realist Hilary Putnam claims, realism is the only philosophical argument that doesn't attribute the success of science to a miracle. Take with that what you will. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Boyd's scientific realism is the best explanation for the instrumental reliability of the scientific method because it deductively follows from accepting that science has a metaphysical and epistemological aim. Moreover, premise four states that the explanatory power of the scientific method is able to cover the two foundational aims of science. The scientific method creates the conditions whereby scientists can make accurate predictions because the basis on which they theorize is true. The third thesis of Boyd's scientific realism asserts that as science progresses, proposed theories bring the approximate truth asserted in theory closer to what is observed in reality. As Boyd notes in defining scientific realism, Later scientific theories are developed through the application of earlier theories and understood as more exact accounts of the world. I would like to support premise two and four with an applied example of how um, scientific realism serves as the best explanation for a theory's instrumental reliability. So I argue that the way in which the scientific method provided and continues to provide a good explanation for cosmological phenomenon proves the two aims of science. Moreover, the instrumental reliability of the created theories are best explained by Boyd's scientific realism. Astronomers have theorized over centuries about the most exact way to determine the age of the universe. I'm going to like overview how the estimation for the age of the universe evolved from the Doppler shift calculations to WMAP empirical observations, um, sort of go to prove that. Um, in the 1920s, Edward Hubbard discovered that galaxies further from our celestial place move away at faster rates than closer ones. He applied the Doppler shift theory, which pro er, provides a explanation, a true explanation, for the phenomenon of the changing frequency of moving waves. Um, it uh, accounts for redshift and blue shift of light. Um, for those who don't know, redshift is when something is moving away from you, and blue shift is when something is um, moving toward you. Um, so it offers in a calculation for that, for the change of wavelength, all right? So the theory provides an accurate method to predict wavelength and color shift and an explanation for the types of mechanisms that exist so that the Doppler shift functions in the way that it does, like the wave-like properties of light and sound. 
that must exist for the Doppler shifts. <laughs> With the Doppler shift, then, Hubble determined that the velocity of these galaxies that are moving away um, is related to their redshift. Hubble accepted the instrumental reliability of the Doppler shift theory to develop a more modern theory with greater empirical adequacy, which was the, his Hubble equation, which defends the truth of premise four. Hubble answered both epistemological and metaphysical questions with his Hubble theory. He developed his own equation, which is V velocity equals HOD, where HO is the Hubble constant and D is distance. The epistemological aim of the Hubble equation is to provide an estimate of the age of the universe. The metaphysical aim of the Hubble equation is to posit the ontology of the Hubble constant as the explanation for why the phenomena act the way they do. The Hubble equation can be transformed to give astronomers a value for the age of the universe. The age of the universe is 1 over the Hubble constant, which is distance over the velocity, which gives you a time in x seconds. At the time of his observation, um, you know, Hubble's original one, the angular resolution and ground-based properties of 1920-era telescopes were kind of incapable of confirming an exact value of the Hubble constant. Um, a criteria for Boyd's scientific realism is that the theory is confirmable with regular empirical evidence. So the technology at the time of Hubble's equation development was not enough to confirm such an advanced theory. Yet its approximate truth was confirmed with later developments, again, taking the Hubble equation as true. But back to this, the best estimates for the constant were in a proposed age range that matched empirical evidence that scientists did have available at the time. Hubble's scientific theory was able to reveal a new and true quality about the universe as a result of the instrumental reliability and the success of the Doppler shift. The estimation of the age of the universe in this way supports premise four because of the instrumental reliability and explanatory power of the Doppler shift and Hubble equation. Now, to further premise two, the two aims of science, the age range of the Hubble constant was confirmed by more modern technologies, including the Hubble Space Telescope. As iterated in premise two, one aim of science is to provide a scientific method to generate accurate predictions. The Hubble Space Telescope accurately measured the distances to galaxies and thus confirmed the proposed age range of the Hubble equation. Now, we're hearing about this James Webb Telescope that's now in space. It's going to, you know, probably give us um, an even more confirmed proposed age range because there's this whole debate going on in astronomy about the true value of the Hubble constant. But that's for a later date. But, you know, it's later confirmed by more exact tools. This technological development confirms that scientific theories indeed have an epistemic aim and can be established um, to use for forming accurate hypotheses. The epistemic aim isn't the one that's controversial, though, but the epistemic aim ties on to Boyd's four theses of scientific realism as they relate to the way in which the scientific method is so instrumentally reliable. The ontological aim of the Hubble theory can similarly be confirmed through the Hubble Space Telescope's observations. Its observations confirm the existence of celestial objects and their changing velocity, which explain why the Hubble theory is such a good predictor of the age of the universe. The more precise distant measurements allowed for a closer approximation of the Hubble constant being 71 plus or minus 7.1 kilometers per second per megaparsec. 
Um, now, once WMAP was developed in the early 2000s, cosmic background radiation enabled astronomers to confirm directly the age of the universe through the measurement of black body radiation. So WMAP is this um, new type of imaging um, done through the COBE telescope. You can just look that up. Um, but um, cosmic background radiation is the heat signature left over from the Big Bang. So the heat spectrum from the beginning of the universe that would have been observed is uh, um, 3 Kelvin, or just about, you know, 2 point something. Um, cosmic background radiation shows us that that exact heat signature, as the universe exam expands, the radiation emitted is stretched. So astronomers can measure the predicted wavelength back during the Big Bang and what is observed from that stretched wavelength today, and they're getting that exact number, um, which is pretty cool. But the measurement of black body radiation throughout the universe reveals the ontological property of the evolution of the scientific method in modern cosmology. Science's metaphysical aim is observed here because it brought the discipline of astronomy closer to knowing how the universe came to be and why it acts the way it does. Through different methods of observation and applications of the scientific method, the more exact Hubble constant was derived. The WMAP Hubble constant was estimated to be 71 plus or minus 4 kilometers per second per megaparsec, which um, concur with the Hubble Space Telescope experiments, the Hubble equation, and Doppler shift calculations. These four manipulations of the scientific method relied on the implicit aim acceptance of the two aims of science. The WMAP alternative to derive a more complete projection of the age of the universe represents the success of the scientific theory of getting at objective reality. Through the WMAP findings, um, we, they were independent of the Hubble equation, um, and WMAP was exploring a completely different aspect of the universe, and it just happened to confirm the instrumental reliability of the Hubble constant. Supporting premises two and four, these... Uh, example of the Hubble age of the universe demonstrates that the relationship between the success of achieving empirical predictions through the scientific method are related to the implicit acceptance of the two aims of science. Now, the instrumental reliability that formed the foundation of modern cosmology supports the explanatory ability of Boyd scientific realism. The theory of the Hubble approximation was both confirmed through direct experimental evidence and direct theoretical considerations. Without evaluating how the scientific method's way of explaining phenomena entails both an epistemological and metaphysical aim, the age of the universe may have not been precisely confirmed. Um, so, yeah, that's like the gist of my argument. But um, now I'm going to talk about critics. Critics of this defense um, would argue against premise two. They would say there is no metaphysical aim of science. The metaphysical aim is the point of contention between realists and anti-realists. They converge on the fact that the scientific method creates reliable predictions. Of course it does, you know. <laughs> they disagree about the aim of the predictions, though. Anti-realists believe that the aim of these predictions is that they just must be empirically adequate. They must just turn out something that works. They believe that the instrumental reliability of the scientific method can be best explained by the empirical aim of science, the ability to represent satisfactorily a group of experimental laws. Additionally, they disagree that there is a metaphysical aim of science. 
In evaluating the aims of science and the scientific method, critics argue that the aim of science is not to explain any everything. They would hold that two is too strong of a claim and that it is not the role of scientific theory to posit the ontology of all things. But um, I believe that these critics are mistaken by my premise too. Premise two states that the metaphysical aims of science entail its role in proposing the ontology of scientifically useful phenomena. Yes, scientifically useful phenomena. I could see that one coming. I could see that objection coming from a mile away. <laughs> um, but there is no aim of science to develop theories that assume the existence of scientifically irrelevant concepts because these concepts play no role in serious and successful scientific theories. Relevant scientific phenomena, like the color shift observed in moving wavelength and cosmic background radiation, as mentioned in the second section of my argument, play significant roles in explaining the instrumental reliability of the scientific method and are thus accounted for in premise two with that scientifically useful thing. Um, the ontological foundations of these phenomena must be understood to progress a good scientific theory. Now, Science's job is not to posit the ontology of all things. That's why I put that scientifically useful caveat in there. It's not a caveat because I didn't add it later. But, you know, um, science doesn't produce theories that rely on the acceptance of the existence of werewolves or wizards, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, kind of interesting. But to conclude, science's aim is twofold epistemological, and metaphysical. The explanatory success of Boyd's scientific realism necessarily follows from the consideration of both aims of science because of their role in establishing accurately predictive theories that follow Boyd's four tenets of scientific realism. If we take Boyd's scientific realism to be true, then the developments of modern cosmology would deductively follow. Theories in modern cosmology just demonstrate that the metaphysical and epistemological aims of science both exist. Indeed, if science has both ontological and epistemological aims, then Boyd's scientific realism is the best explanation for the instrumental reliability of the scientific method in mature and empirically successful science. Um, that's all I have for today's Emmaism episode. Thank you for listening, and until next time, which will be next Friday, keep searching for the truth.